Hello, this is Pixelated Playgrounds, a monthly gaming book club podcast discussing the art and craft of video games. I'm Brian Skersha. And I'm Clint Jones. And today we're doing something a little different. We're talking about Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, a shinobi action game released by FromSoft in 2019. Spoiler, I died way more than twice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly where they uh, got that name, but I also died way more than twice. Uh, this game is hard. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's probably the first thing you've heard people say about it. And I'm here to tell you that's not the most important thing about this game. No, but it certainly is the most prevalent part. Um, and in fact, I think every review you read, they're like, what's the theme? <laughs> Difficult. That's not a theme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Difficult is not a personality. And, you know, I feel like all the Soulsborne games get this same shrift. It's a hard game. Its whole, like, steez is that it's hard. And you know what? There's a lot more to these FromSoft games than just it's hard. Uh, you know, FromSoft's Dark Souls is probably one of my favorite games. And uh, the reason for that is not because it's hard. It's because it does a really good job with environmental storytelling and has cool background themes. And the action's, you know, not too shabby itself. Sekiro is another game in that vein where it gets characterized chiefly as hard and secondarily as anything else. Yeah, I gotta admit, I've been trying to get into the Souls games for a long time. I love video games, and this is like the ultimate goal of any video gamer is to be able to beat a FromSoft game. And I haven't been able to do it, not because I can't, it's just I couldn't get into the Dark Souls games. But this game... Uh, I don't know what it was that was different about this than the others. Uh, I tried Bloodborne as well, but this one really stuck with me. And I think, well, we'll probably talk about it later, but I think it was the mobility for me. All those other games felt slow. This one, you could move around. You you felt more fluid. It just clicked with me a lot better. Not any easier. In fact, I would argue that this was probably harder than Dark Souls or Bloodborne. Uh, but it just had that sticking power to make me want to stick with it all the way through to the end, which took forever, but I got there. Yeah, coming from those other FromSoft games, uh, having you know played through all of them in, at some point, and most of them relatively recently, uh, I can say that to me it was also a lot harder. But I think that might have been me trying to retrain my brain, because while there's a lot of similarities between Sekiro and the rest of the FromSoft recent uh, catalog, there's equally as much that's different and it requires you to rewire your brain a little bit compared to how you would approach uh, either a recent Dark Souls or Bloodborne uh, as such. Yeah, I did hear that and maybe I got a little luckier uh, on that front because I hadn't really gotten that far into those other games. But yeah, if you're used to playing those games, you're used to dodging and rolling away and this game was all about, nope, you take it head on. Uh, It's actually, I think the moment that it clicked for me was when somebody described it as a rhythm game and not as a fighting game. And it, it really is like you do not rush away from the sword fight. You dive headlong in. It's all about counters and, and reposts and, and, you know, taking advantage of a enemy stance. Actually, that's how you kill most of your enemies. You don't even take their health down. You break their stance until you can one shot, kill them, which always looked cool. That's true. This game, uh, uh, one, the action and blocking and choreography of all the fights is a lot more fast and intricate than any other uh, recent FromSoft game. And it uh, has a way different rhythm than those, as you said. Um, I guess it's probably worth mentioning up top what this game actually is. You know, we've described it as a shinobi action game, but uh, to start this game off, you are in a imagined 16th century Sengoku Japan and an Ashina 
warlord has just staged a bloody coup. Uh, you basically play as an adopted orphan who became a shinobi and trained under a mysterious, gigantic man named Owl. Um, and eventually you come to uh, be in the service of a master, Kuro, who possesses dragon's blood, sort of a divine gift that allows him immortality and great power. Yep, so it's historically accurate. So that's the nice part about this game. <laughs> yes, definitely historically accurate. Um, but yeah, so just I guess that sort of sets the stage for the background against which all this is taking place. And, you know, this is uh, worth mentioning in so much as it's way different than the sort of European Gothic uh, fantasy that most of From's recent games have taken place in. It's a complete sort of style shift. Although they've worked in this sort of style before, uh, it's definitely um, not something we're used to seeing in terms of a sort of modern Soulsborne game. Yeah, it was brighter too. Like uh, brighter tones, like you got to spend a lot more time in the daylight. Although, I don't know, you also spend a lot of time in darkness too. The whole, the other whole theme of this game is stealth. And I think maybe that's another reason why I like this game a lot, too. So maybe if you're not great enough to hit something headlong, if you can find a sneaky way to get around, usually you can find a way to take out most of the competition if you're smart enough about it. Even the bosses, if you're really having a hard time against them, you could usually find a way to at least come in and take off like half their health before you really started the the proper fight, which I thought was really useful, and I definitely did that a lot. Yeah, the whole um, this grapple, you know, at the beginning of this game, your arm is chopped off and you basically get it replaced with a uh, multi-tool slash grappling hook, uh, which is one, awesome, and two, incredibly useful uh, as you, you make your way around the stages with more mobility than really anything I've seen up to and including Batman Arkham City. Um, I guess it's kind of the thing that jumps to mind when I think of a cool grappling hook in a modern 3D environment. Yeah, you're basically Inspector Gadget. Uh, yeah. in, in Japan. <laughs> Inspector Gadgetson. <laughs> <laughs> you really sort of just sneak over rooftops of buildings and dive bomb enemies out of nowhere uh, immediately, you know, dispatching them, as Clint said. Only the strongest enemies have more than really a one-hit uh, kill or a one-hit health bar in this game, you know, bosses and mini-bosses. And getting the drop on, on your enemies is really the way you're going to make your way through these worlds. And it's such a big inversion from um, the way they set up levels in another Dark or Soulsborne-style game where you're you know, making your way through corridors of enemies and just picking and choosing when and how to engage people. In this game, it's all about avoiding engagement and then ending the fight before it starts, really. Yeah, because you literally could not survive. If, if you try to take things head-on, even in like the first hour of the game... It's it's not going to end well. I remember the the first time this this opens up, you get to try your first quote unquote boss, which I thought was hard. That was me being an idiot. I had no idea what was in front of me. That guy was actually super easy. But then it opens up into an area where there's maybe like ten guys, and it's in a large area. And you think I could probably take these guys on one by one. Nope. You pick a fight with that first guy, all ten of them come running, and there's zero chance you're getting out of that alive. Even later, when you come back with your, uh, like, with all your abilities and stuff, even then, that's not a smart move. Yeah, I think another thing that made this game really hard is, in my opinion, it actually sort of front loads its difficulty because you start off pretty pathetically weak in this game. Um, you have barely any health. Almost every boss can one hit kill you. Most enemies can one or two hit kill you, and your uh, health refilling option, your gourd, 
uh, you have one sip of it and it can refill about a third of your health, which let's be honest, what's doing a third of your health at any rate? Uh, everything's doing more than that. So uh, they really sort of hobble you uh, at the beginning of this game. And I think uh, it's I think it's one of the main things I dislike about how they design this game is uh, they don't put their best put forward in the, I guess, mechanical tweaking and um, you know fairness of how you're supposed to ease players into a game or teach them oh no there was no easing and in fact i think it actually helped me a little bit um by not taking it easy on me up front basically let you know like hey this is it uh if you can't deal with this it's only going to get worse from here on in so learn how to do it they they did give you one little tutorial guy that that you can fight at the beginning and learn your stuff and i think i used him one or two times but mainly i just learned by going out there and getting my ass kicked yeah, I guess that guy, uh, there's a, as Quinn mentioned, an undying um, NPC that basically you can use as target practice or use abilities. Uh, you do get a variety of different abilities for your Shinobi prosthetic, which is your, your grappling hook arm. Um, and he is a person who you can use to test out all of those things. Um, I really enjoyed playing with all the different tools that you get, and uh, although I did have a definite go-to that I rarely strayed from. Uh, how about yourself? Uh, mine was a little bit varied. What did you use the most? Oh, the firecracker. The firecracker was easily my go-to. Yeah. I, I use that some, especially on like, like the animals and stuff. I found that really helpful on a few bosses, like the bull and, uh, the guy on the horse. That first time with the guy on the horse, like I, he's so like in your face, you like, don't even know what to do about it. Oh, you mean, Gyobu Matasaka Oniwa. My name is Gyobu. Yeah, sure, that guy. (laughs) Yeah, I think he might be my favorite boss because the way he comes charging and just screaming his name at you is like, oh shit. The fact that you know his war cry means you died to him one too many times. Well, yeah, well, I won't deny that. But, um, yeah, what about you? Favorite boss? Uh, that that one actually was one of my favorites just for for the, um, for the theme, actually, there's a boss very much like it on Ninja Gaiden um, and on Xbox 360 that I actually made me put a Xbox controller into a wall in college. Never, <laughs> never did beat that boss, but it was a little cathartic. Come back and seeing a boss that looks an awful lot like him, same style of game, and actually taking that on. But my favorite boss was probably one of the ones that people bitched about the most. It was that headless ape thing, uh, mm. the, the guardian ape. You go in there, you fight this really hard boss, and then you like basically do a finishing move on him. You cut his head off, and you're like, yeah, I got it. And then uh, as you're walking away, like 30 seconds later, it's like, nope. It gets up, it picks up its own head, and then it starts a whole different style of fight. Um, yeah, uh, that, that, mo- that moment was probably the most surprising turn in the game. And if you, if you end it, manage to get to it, not expecting um, it to be coming, it was... Uh, pretty jarring because you know you basically chop this gigantic you know king kong style apes head clean off with a huge katana and you know after a couple minutes and the chiron of you know enemy defeated coming across the screen uh it starts moving and all of a sudden another health bar appears and you're like well uh shit yeah (laughs) i'm totally fucked yep (laughs) Um, but this game has a few moments like that, and I think this is probably the only, like, this game did some heinous things with multiple stage bosses, uh, and I think this is the the first one that I think 
you know, really it played to the strength of what a multi-stage boss fight could be. Uh, a lot of the other ones in the game just get a little bit uh, punitive after a while, in my opinion. And I think this game could have uh, done a lot for itself by being a little more fair with checkpointing, especially the later on you get in the game. Yeah, unfortunately, the way they use checkpointing in this game, it, it's never advantageous for the player. Um, in fact, I had to take a whole different ending to my game because I made one dialogue choice in the game, pretty much the only dialogue choice you get to make, and I didn't like how how I figured it was going to make me go after that, and I just tried to reload. Nope, it had already forced me into it. After 40 hours of gameplay almost, I'm forced into an ending where I missed the last 10 hours of the game. Yeah, all these Soulsborne games, they checkpoint progress and they checkpoint item use and loss extremely liberally. They just pretty much, as soon as something happens that's going to affect the the player's character or, you know, the use of an item, the use of an upgrade, etc., or or like you said, a plot choice, they checkpoint pretty much right after that. Um, you know, there's no take backsies with the uh, the FromSoft people. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they, yeah, they don't signpost things particularly well, so this could be a huge point of contention for sure yeah i definitely wish i had uh split off my save file so i could have gone back and done uh both i guess there were multiple endings but there's two main endings uh we each took a separate one me by accident and then i think you by uh you know default more prepared yeah. <laughs> after, <laughs> yeah after i complained about missing mine yeah how much yeah. so how much how much of the game did i miss after that so obviously there's a point in the game which feels like end game where you're given a choice basically uh, continue the status quo or break the cycle. I chose to break the cycle. However, uh, I won't say any of the endings are happy endings. It's a FromSoft game, but this was a particularly unhappy one, I guess. Yeah, I, I would say the 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 ending you're talking about, and I think we're we're going into you know huge spoiler territory. So I, I'm sure you're listening to this, you're expecting spoilers, but. Um, what you're talking about, Clint, is the the initial ending you can get by siding with your father, uh, Owl, the shinobi that you know raised you, and betraying your master, uh, Kuro. Uh, Kuro is basically trying to get rid of this power that he has, that divine blood, and Owl is um, trying to take it for the use of his his tribe, you know, to uh, to take over feudal Japan, I suppose, and. If you side with Owl, like you did, Clint, I think basically uh, this violence is, you know, continuing throughout the land in perpetuity, right? Pretty much. You side with your dad, quote unquote, you beat the bosses, you betray your dad, and then you're just a badass for all of eternity. Actually, that's not that terrible of an ending, <laughs> in my opinion. It is bad for everybody else. Great, great for Sekiro. Uh, but yeah, you can continue and quote unquote... Uh, make things better sort of although yeah sort of there's there's three other endings and the one i got uh, basically you continue to side with kuro and uh you enter it the game actually gets a lot more fantastical after that uh second um owl or that owl fight where you sided with him and i decided not to um you end up basically hunting down these artifacts that will allow you to kill kuro who's supposed to be immortal and sever his immortality um I guess maybe not kill him outright, but rather at least prevent him from being immortal and having this dragon blood. So you go and continue to seek out these holy items. You go to uh, one really awesome area, the Fountainhead Temple, that I think is the main thing I would say is a bummer you missed. Because for my my 
judgment, I would say it's, say, pound for pound the coolest area in the game. It's just really visually striking. It's a lot more fantastical than any of the other areas. And um, the enemies there are really strange and otherworldly, uh, not just your normal soldier guys. So I guess if you, uh, I'm going to guess you're not going to go back and play the game again. So maybe just look up some video of it and see what you're missing. I was thinking about doing New Game Plus, but damn, I barely made it through the first time. And I understand they upped the difficulty. I don't know. I don't know if I could do it again. I seriously think I probably spent 40 to 50 hours in this game. And it, and it wasn't just because um, the game takes that long. And we'll kind of tie back into what you were talking about earlier, those multi-stage bosses. Uh, for the most part, this game was very difficult, but mostly fair. Um, but there were two flagrant fouls for me. And I think they're <laughs> the same ones for you. And I believe that's Janishiro, the mid-boss, mm. and then yeah. Ishin the final boss and it's these stupid multi-stage I mean you'd be lucky to beat one stage of this boss but no you have to beat all three stages in a row no dying no takesy backsies like at some point like I fucking get it like yeah <laughs> this boss is hard I don't need to get the shit kicked out of me for the 500th time like it got to the point by the time that I actually beat the game I could destroy the first two stages of this boss without taking a single hit right and then it that's the most annoying thing is when basically if you make a mistake on those first two phases it's just like a, a you're not paying attention enough tax and it's the game really does get really punitive and vindictive in the way that it doesn't checkpoint you for stages that you've played you know dozens of times and have clearly perfected like it, to my mind that's just a time tax and i don't you know i value my time when games do things like this to me, it just pisses me off. Yeah, like seriously, if I ever manage to get through the first stage without taking one point of damage, checkpoint me. I've cleared this. I get it. Move on to the next piece. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've clear. I've demonstrated that what you're asking me to demonstrate here. I don't want to have to play roulette wheel every time I face this boss and hope that I don't, you know, somehow screw up or lose focus. And I don't know. I guess uh, this is just me saying. Um, I, yeah, I value my time, and I don't want to keep doing this shit over and over again. <laughs> so um, I, I think 5%, 5 to 10% of my playtime was uh, for the entire game was spent on the final boss. Um, yeah. And then another 10% of that, 10, 10 to maybe 15%, unfortunately, was um, uh, grinding so that I could get a particular ability that was needed so that I could cheese that boss. And I hate even calling it cheesing because it's literally just the only way you... You cannot beat that final five-stage, four-stage boss just outright. You just can't. Like, you have to... It's it's cheesing you. You have to cheese back. <laughs> so you, you, you have to get Shadow Rush. We know this. <laughs> but it takes... I'm, I think by the time I realized that I needed Shadow Rush to beat these bosses, I had done so much in the, in the tree already that, uh, you know, every, every time you take a level, the next level costs more and more and more. And uh, this thing was, I mean, I think I had to get like 13 levels just to get through the tree far enough to get this one thing. And that, that, that alone took me 10 hours. I mean, just grinding one spot. I kept having to go to the, you remember the mountain with the uh, with gun guys? Just back and forth. I knew every time I could get 3,000 points, do it again. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. I just did it over and over and over and over again until I finally got it. And that's just no fun. Like, any game that requires that kind of monotonous bullshit like luckily the rest of the game was awesome and it made me want to finish it but that was stupid 
yeah, to be honest, I didn't think this game, I never, I didn't ever really grind for any significant amount of time in this game. And to be honest, I think that's because the payoff for grinding this game is so low that you have to do what you described there uh, to make it meaningful. And, uh, well, I don't think I was ever in a position to make that that really worthwhile um, since I, I did come a little more prepared to that final battle given I had you know several more bosses under my belt. And I don't know ex- if they're exactly the same. Um, the Ishin fights, given our two different endings, my guess is they're not the same. But they're not the same. But they they're both multi-stage. So I had to kill. I, and I forget her name now. But I basically had to kill the girl that we've been. Um, oh, Emma. Emma. Yeah, uh, I had to kill her, and then I had to kill Ishin. Now Ishin is a little different in my form than your form. Uh, and but in my form, the arena is much smaller, and he shoots fire everywhere. It was insane. And yours, I believe it's it's in that open field where you actually start start the game. Yeah, yeah, huge and, field. He has a lot of sort of large area of effect attacks in his later stages, and um, it just becomes about you know every boss is like this to a degree, but each boss is sort of a puzzle that you start trying to solve by staying alive long enough to study their animations. Eventually, you map out where. Uh, in space he's going to say all right if you're here you're dead and then engaging and backing away when necessary or you know parrying exactly at the right time so you know in some fights this is exhilarating and it works really well in the favorite boss fights we described um, it keeps you right on the edge of demonstrating exactly what you need to do to get through it and in the worst instances it is attacks on your time every time you die to something you've never seen before and they're just basically making that four times as long by having four different stages with different move sets you know my brain is only so big and i don't want to fill it all with animations from sekiro yeah and when all else fails, I, I think I, I had like a like a probably a ten time cap. So basically, I would try to figure it out myself. And by the tenth time I died to a single boss, I'd be like, "Fine, I'm getting on YouTube. I want to see how other people are doing it." And the funny and cool thing is, the, I mean, there's by the end, I had a couple different guys that I always went to because they seemed to have the best videos up. But they would have totally different strategies. So it's not like there's. There are many great and viable ways to take down these bosses, which I liked because there's tons of different tools at your disposal and a ton of different move sets. Like if I play it again, I mean, we're all, if I play again, the first thing I'm getting a shadow rush. But uh, there's also a myriad of other moves that I think I would do differently next time. Uh, I don't think any two playthroughs have to be the same. Um, you know, it's weird to hear you say that and about how much you like this game compared to Dark Souls because if that's a thing that you value. In, in my mind, this game is, uh, you know, the, the other games in the Soulsborne series, your Dark Souls, your even Bloodborne, are head and shoulders above in terms of the variety of approaches, builds, etc. that you can take to accomplish, uh, you know, beat, beating the game. Uh, Sekiro, in my opinion, is basically incredibly um, prescriptive in the way that it uh, asks you to play the game. There's only uh, basically one weapon, you know, in all these other games, there's multiple different weapons with a lot of variety in their movesets. There's not really variety in how you use the sword in Sekiro. You know, there's there there are some, there are a lot of skill trees that can unlock additional skills for you. And yeah, I guess like if you want to do just monk punches or something like that, that could be a build, quote unquote. But there's there's a lot less variety in Sekiro than the other Souls games, in, in my opinion. Um, there's, it's just a, a different approach um to the action 
Yeah, and I, I think it actually paid off with that simplicity too. We kind of had this discussion at work today too. Sidebar here, uh, but basically we were asked by a customer to like present a whole bunch of options, and we're all afraid like, hey, if you give them this many options, are we just mudding the water? Did we actually tell them anything, or just say, hey, you have a million you can options? Do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's not an answer. And 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 sometimes the best when people say they want options, it's best just to have a couple because if you end up with too many options, what was the point of any of them? Right. Yeah. And I think Sekiro kind of nailed that balance a little bit. It's like, okay, yes, you have your main thing here and you can have your sword. You get to use also one main um, Shinobi tool here and then you get one other special move. There's your pick three. Go for it. Yeah, I guess you're right. There's there's a lot of options within that narrow constraint. I guess uh that's a that's a, a pretty good point is that there's a variety but it's it's a narrow type of variety like they're using utilizing different tools utilizing a different special move like i wouldn't go so far as to call them completely different builds this isn't like mage versus fighter no. this is like fighter versus paladin yeah do do you want to swing really hard over your head one time or do you want to shoot forward and stab like that, that that's it Mm-hmm. But that's interesting when I, I hadn't thought of it in that term before in terms of the variety uh one thing i want to make sure that i call out in, in terms of how different this is from other FromSoft games is that um there are named characters in this and you are a named character um you have never been a named character in a, a soulsborne game before you know any of the dark souls games or bloodborne you're basically just uh you know the a husk, uh, right? late, Yeah, the latest iteration of the chosen hunter, the chosen undead, XYZ, you know, you are in this game, you are a character with a perspective and a background and a childhood. And uh, that allows you to, you know, try and at least role play a little bit in this game of what that character would be rather than basically role playing from a blank slate. And it's interesting. They did a lot more voice acting in this game than other um in other souls games and i think all in all they did a pretty good job sort of endearing you to these characters telling their stories and and building an interesting interplay between them speaking of which did you play this in japanese or in english i thought it was really funny or interesting rather that uh the default is japanese with english subtitles there I did play cool it in Japanese with subtitles. You did? Uh, okay, because, cool. Yeah, I was like, well, I guess this is just going to be foreign film version of playing a video game because, uh, you know, um, who am I to say what their, their default setting is wrong? Uh, so that's how I played it. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I, I actually switched to English because I'm lazy. Um, but <laughs> I don't I, like to read. <laughs> I don't. They make me do that at work. I don't want to do that at home. Um, uh, yeah, I just thought it was interesting that that was the default, even though they know that by default, you know, most people playing the game are going to be English speaking people. So I just thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, I think this was sort of a, a project for them where they were proud, you know, from soft, I believe most of their development goes on in Japan. So this is probably an opportunity there for them to showcase, uh, you know, their national culture and you know, some national pride, you know, like in the way that uh, America has GTA. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Probably about as accurate as the, this game with its gigantic white snakes and. Oh man, that part was cool. Yeah, uh, it, I guess it's worth mentioning. There's a, a lot of fantastical elements in this game, and I think the most interesting one to me was this gigantic white serpent that haunts the valley between the castle and the outskirts of uh, the town, uh, and it has some really cool interaction there, where you're sort of playing a cat and mouse game with this giant serpent that could kill you at any moment. And uh, you're utilizing your stealth, you're utilizing your mobility, you're just sort of dodging it until you can find the perfect time to strike 
uh, in the eye. Yeah. Actually, that was the sequence that convinced me to buy the game. So I had been on the fence because, again, never seemed to make it through FromSoft games. Uh, but I watched. I was watching a video of a playthrough, and I watched a guy go through that sequence. I'm like, I gotta get this game. This is clearly way different. Like they've they've honed in a little bit on on. I don't even know how to set pieces. That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. They they figured out set pieces a lot better, and and I was like, yep, this is this is the one I'm gonna try. Yeah, the weird thing about that sequence is it's not very descriptive of what the rest of the game is like at all. So no. I, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised you're not a little disappointed on. on oh on no! After it, the fact, if that's what you bought the game for. <laughs> no, 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 no. It wasn't for that. It was just seeing how they've matured their games, and and again, they did just the right amount. It's it's like that spice on top. Too much, and the whole thing tastes like shit. Just enough, and it gives it just that extra little bit of flavor. And that they just had little things like that peppered throughout the game that I think made it. Just a much cooler experience than some of the other ones. The other ones tend to be a little—I don't want to say bland—they can mm. be. You, you, Your you, word of the word of the week here for you. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's not the right word. I think they go for their fantastic moments when they bring out these gigantic bosses, but in in the gameplay in between those bosses, there was no, it was just kind of ho hum, right? You're doing your grinding, you're getting your souls, you die, you have to go back, you have to get them again, you level up, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's not too much fancy on the in-between. And I felt like they realized that and tried to take things up a notch in this game, which I appreciated. I, I, they definitely did a lot different in this game, and I think they, they stayed true to the cool interconnected world aspects of the Souls games, which, you know... I don't personally count uh, Dark Souls, you know, the the in between the bosses aspects as you know anything less than probably some of the the better level design I've ever seen, especially with the original Dark Souls, how you know it interconnects and stuff like that. But you know, these games have always been weirdly modal between bosses and levels, right? You're doing a, you're using a completely different skill set when you're fighting a boss uh, than you are when you're making your way throughout the levels, and that is heightened in Sekiro. If anything, uh, it felt nothing like fighting a boss versus uh, traversing a level in this game. And uh, I enjoyed the levels a lot more than the bosses by and large in this game. Uh, so I think the game sort of Stockholm syndromed me into continuing to smash my head against these bosses because of the promise of more level afterward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the levels were definitely more stealth focused. Obviously the bosses are, again, you could maybe do a little bit of stealth to make the fight i'm gonna say easier which is stupid because it wasn't even close to being easy after that it was barely passable even after completing the stealth part but uh yeah i definitely cared for the stealth more than the boss fights but the boss fights made me feel like a complete and total badass when i finally finished them so that was which was i mean that's half the joy of the game right there Mm-hmm. It really is, you know, uh, an accomplishment of something that really pushed you and tested you is sort of what these games are, you know, uh, I guess what's mostly what they're about, except for, you know, all the other thematic stuff that they're actually about as well. Um, it brings people to have a lot of discussions about this game in terms of should it have an easy mode? Should it be more approachable? Uh, notice I didn't use the word accessible because we're not talking about accessibility. That is like, uh, visual settings and subtitles. I'm talking about approachability. There's a difference. And this game is not approachable. No, there were moments that I thought I just, nope, I can't do it anymore. Like, this is a game that literally half the people, probably more than half the people that buy it and want to beat it still will not be able to beat it. They just, you just can't get through it. Yeah. It's really weird, though, because, like, 
you're never going to buy a movie. Well, at least I'm guessing you you won't be able to buy a movie that you literally cannot make it through from pressing play to the end of the movie. <laughs> like that would be pretty difficult to design that. Um, you might have to close your eyes for some of it if it gets too you know intense or scary or something. But you're always going to be able to make it to the end. And this game, um, a lot of people won't, like you said, make it to the end of this game. Like yeah, it's it's just an, a weird situation that this game puts itself in when uh, people that are paying for this product may not be able to see it as the author intended to the end. And that's that's a weird thing to square. Well, maybe that is how the author intended it. And, and I guess now that you look at video games as art, is this what was the experience that they were trying to portray? I will say that giving it an easy mode would cheapen the whole thing. And we'll get into this when I get to my review at, at the end. But I think the difficulty is what surmounting that task. That's that's where the joy comes from. It's never going to be easy. The fact that you did it, like. You're a badass. You are Sekiro. You are a ninja master. You fucking killed that gigantic King Kong-looking motherfucker. And there was no easy mode, and no one can take that from you. Yeah, that's fair. I, I really don't like, you know, the sort of ableist mentality of, you know, this is how it's meant to be played. No easy modes. Yeah, It's like your gatekeeping experience for precisely no reason. Sure. Uh, if you want to play on a certain mode, be my guest. But don't, you know poo-poo people that want to just see this game that they bought um that that's where i fall on the whole thing anyway yeah there were about 50 times that i wish there was an easy mode while i was playing it but now that i've beaten it and i'm an elitist evidently now now i'm like nah forget forget easy mode admit it. that's half the perk hard bad. mode for everybody yeah uh-huh i got mine so fuck you right pretty much <laughs> all right at least we're at least we're there admitting it all right okay so when you got stuck on bosses um I'm assuming you went and looked on YouTube as well to figure out how to finally beat these things. Oh yeah, me and YouTube were good friends. Me and Fexter Life were good friends. I, uh, you know, I was on all kinds of resources for the this game. Uh, like all Souls games, I think they're best played with a community. Yes, very true. Yeah, YouTube and Reddit were were uh, top of mind the whole time. Uh, and I just want to give a quick shout out to Tyrannicon, uh, also known as Sekiro Guru. Greetings, Sekiro Guru here. Uh, without him, uh, I could not have beat this game. Not even close. Yeah, I, uh, I've used a couple of his videos for strategies for bosses as well. And uh, he had a pretty clear way of depicting the type of spacing and things like that that you need to do to, to get through a given fight. So uh, shout outs to Tyrannicon. You uh, helped me with Sekiro. And we have a, a victory to show for it. Yep, thanks for all the cheese. I appreciate it. <laughs> that cheddar. All right, let's uh, take it into some three-word reviews. I think it's about time for us to pass judgment on this game. Uh, in Festivus style, we have discussed our feats of strength, we've aired our grievances, and now it's time for a three-word review. Um, I guess I'll go first. My three-word review is Take Your Medicine. Uh, to me, Sekiro is a game that really had a prescriptive uh, way that it wanted you to play the game. Uh, it tests you every time you are expected to know something you know if you didn't master the mercury counter by x boss fight this game was going to let you know about it and spank you until you figured it out and so um i did feel like i was being forced to take my medicine time and time again in this game but it does reward you with more of that sweet sweet grappling hook ninja action when you're done so uh take your medicine is my three word review nice uh mine is i did it and that's not just a declaration although i did uh, 
that is the heart and soul of this whole game. And again, we talked about this before, but there's those moments that you're just like, I hate this game, I hate this game, I'm never going to beat it. And then you get past that next boss and you're like, fuck, yes, I did it. And that moment uh, where you feel like a total badass, you're like, yep. And then that gives you just enough oomph to get over the next hump. And you get through that next level, you hit another seemingly impossible boss. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Even to that final boss where I thought, there's no way. I walked out of my basement pissed off so many times. I'm like, I'm not going to beat it. That's it. I quit. I quit. I don't care that I played 50 hours already. This is stupid and I'm never going to beat it. And then I beat it. And it was the coolest moment ever. So, I, I did it. Just for the record, right here and now, that's what that game makes you feel like. I loved it. As much as as much as much we bitched about it this whole hour or however long we've been talking about it, me and Brian have been talking about this for way too long, much more than this this hour here, uh, I, as much as it sounds like we may have hated it, I actually really enjoyed it. I probably will play it again, because uh, I'm a masochist. I don't know why I would ever play that game again. <laughs> it, yeah, it's... It's, it's definitely a, a very uneven experience. You know, the highs are super high and the lows are incredibly low. Um, but, you know, throughout all of it, you, you, Clint, you're right. It's, a, it's still an incredibly high quality experience. Um, it, the, fa- the mere fact that it got so many people talking about uh, it tells you that it's doing something meaningful. It's trying to say something about, you know, how we design games and who games are for. And uh, uh, on top of that, it's just a fantastic game to play. It feels good in your hands. Uh, It feels even better when you win. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I've never cursed more in my life, but I did not put a controller into into the wall this time. So I'm growing as a person, too. And that's what I learned. Well, how about that? Learning some patience, learning to be zen, learning how to alt F4 out of a game faster than ever before. (laughs) That's what we're here for. Learning some new bad words that I didn't even know existed before. <laughs> That's right. Um, new levels of swearing. All right. For us here at Pixelated Playgrounds, I'm Brian Skersha. And I'm Clint Jones. Take care and keep on gaming. This is Pixelated Playgrounds, a gaming book club co- cod piece. Cod piece. <laughs> Discussing <laughs> the cod and piece of video games. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I'll try that again.